you if you make you mine, oh. Give you love in every night, you make you mad, oh. Now only you give me love when make me nice, oh. Nice, oh, nice, oh. I feel make you mine, oh. Girl, I love you, plus I never make you mine, oh. If I let you smoke, it's you gon' lose my light, oh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 306 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. For people that don't follow me on social media, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, if you're wondering where episode where the episode was on Saturday, I had major technical difficulties. Uh wasn't the, the, the stars weren't aligned for me, so I appreciate, I mean, I apologize, and I appreciate all the people that, you know, asked about me, but here we are. You know, there's one one thing about sports that is true, is sports, is, sports are difficult. You have people that are playing at the top of their game, top of the level, top, like some of the greatest athletes in whatever sport. Trying to get to a certain goal. In fact, everyone is trying to get to the same goal, and that goal is to win. Now, you have some people trying to prevent other people's to other people to win, but at the end of the day, you all have an ultimate goal. And I start I start there because while yes, sports are difficult, there are some things that there are some times where the stars align for your team. And when the stars align for your team, you have to capitalize because that doesn't happen all the time in sports. Hell, we're going to talk about a game a little later where the stars did not align for a team and now they're at home. You see, the stars aligned for the Buffalo Bills to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round. First of all, you're playing at home. You're playing in the snow. Well, yes, it gets cold in Cincinnati. A Buffalo with Josh Allen, with some of the pieces that they have, uh, you know, a bigger quarterback. You're more. You're also playing against Joe Burrow, who, of course, spent his his college career in LSU. You you should thrive in the elements of you know it's snowing and you're at home. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They were out three of their, what, five starting offensive linemen. Well, yes, I understand Von Miller wasn't there. Michael Hyde hasn't been there most of the season. The stars were aligning for the Buffalo Bills to win this game. I mean, going into this game and, and pretty much the majority of the entire season, the Buffalo Bills were projected as the the team to beat, the team to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, we know what happened last year with, you know, the 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 playoff game against the Chiefs and overtime. And you heard a lot of people say, well, if the coin flip went our way, you know, you can say if uh, you can you can live your life on ifs, but you're not going to go anywhere in life. And the Chiefs, I mean, not the Chiefs, the Bills made a lot of moves this offseason. Of course, they got Von Miller. You you, you have Josh Allen, who was the preseason MVP uh, or MVP vote. Of course, you still have Stephon Diggs. A lot of people thought Gabe Gabriel was going to, Gabe Davis, I'm sorry, was, or yeah, Gabe Davis was going to take that jump. Again, the stars were aligning for the Buffalo Bills to win this game. 
Which is why I'm, yes, we'll talk about the Giants. But this is why I think that the Buffalo Bills losing to the Cincinnati Bengals was the worst loss of the weekend in the divisional round. Now, no, of course, we'll talk about the Cowboys and what this means for the Cowboys. We'll talk about the Giants getting destroyed by the Eagles. But this, the Bills were supposed to win this game. All we, I was, I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I was one of the people saying, yo, this, the Bills are loaded, man. Tredavian White, like the Bills are loaded. This is going to be their year. You see how close they get, they keep getting close year after year after year. Hell, I was like, I mean, we, we saw the best of Josh Allen just a couple years ago. Or we saw the best of Josh Allen last year. I thought he was going to add on to that. But what did we see this year from the Buffalo Bills? I've talked about this before, and it holds. We saw this in the game. What the the Buffalo Bills? You know what the Buffalo Bills remind me of? I've said this before, so it's not new. Uh, but for people that didn't know or haven't heard, the Buffalo Bills remind me of De- Deontay Wilder. The Buffalo Bills have they their offense, their team is a heavy, is a knockout artist team. Meaning they go for the jugular almost every single time because that's how they they get or they go for those 50 yard bombs. They go for those 45 yard bombs. They go for those 60 yard bombs because you have a quarterback in Josh Allen who has an arm. You have Stephon Diggs. You that's just the offense they use and that's the offense they run. The problem with that and the problem that I see or that that. Deontay Wilder ran into when you're going against a better team or when you're going against a better fighter, i.e. Tyson Fury, is what is your counterpunch? When the knockouts aren't working, when the knockouts aren't aren't knocking somebody out, what is your counterpunch? And as we saw with the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't have a counterpunch. They haven't had a counterpunch this entire year. The run game hasn't been consistent, and that's not because, you know, Devin Singletary and James White or James Cook have not been good at running. They just have not. The Bills haven't dedicated themselves to the run. They haven't made it an essential part of their offense. In fact, their their run is Josh Allen getting out and running because because of how good Josh Allen is as a as a quarterback, as a runner. But that doesn't work in the playoffs, and and this isn't just. That I'm not. I, I know that this. I guess portion is quote unquote bashing the Buffalo Bills. Let me let me let me kind of pivot real quick and say congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. You see, the Bengals started off rough. <laughs> they did not have a good start to the season, and I was one of the people. Again, I will come on here and say that I was wrong. I was wrong about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think. Shouts out to. Uh, Marcus and the, the his his podcast. I went on his podcast, um, and 
and he came on mine actually, and we talked about the Buffalo Bills, and we or no, we talked about the Cincinnati Bengals, and I said I didn't think the Cincinnati Bengals were going to make the playoffs. I just didn't. You know, every team usually the the team that loses the Super Bowl has a hangover. They don't they don't really look that good. Uh, now, of course, I didn't know that that hangover was actually going to go to the the uh, Rams, but. So, shouts out to the Cincinnati Bengals. And shouts out for clarity. You know, (laughs) some people are having uh, buyer's remorse, you know. And when you look all this year, and I, I even put a video out about this. I thought the rivalry was going to be Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes for years to come. I know I wasn't taking away from how good, you know, Lamar Jackson was or how good Joe Burrow was or how good, you know, Jalen Hurts was. But I just thought when we talked about the creme de la creme of quarterbacks, I thought it was going to be Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I was. Shouts out to Joe Burrow, man. Sitting here today, Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. I love Lamar Jackson when healthy. I like, I mean, Josh Allen is still a good quarterback, but Joe Burrow, it's not just, it's the intangibles that make somebody good. It's how does a team rally around you? How do when you need to make a play, when you need to be big, how how do you do it? And he's been doing this since college. The Cincinnati Bengals, they were the best team. They were the better team on the field by far. The total domination. I understand that they they came in with a little bit of extra motivation because the NFL was selling tickets to Atlanta, which, of course, if you know, that means that there was a neutral site if the Bills and Chiefs were going to make it to the AFC championship. The they they sold tickets before the game. And of course, a lot of the players felt disrespected, which they talked about at the end of the game. Joe Mixon said it. Uh, Joe Burrow said it. Yeah, even Zach Taylor said it. There are times, and we'll talk about this a little bit in depth when we talk about the, the the Cowboys, but there are times when it's hard for you to understand what's in front of your face because of the history of whatever you're looking at. You see, the, the Bengals haven't had the best history. They've had a very mediocre history. They've had, you know, getting to the playoffs, but never really doing anything in the playoffs. And a lot of people, including myself, was skeptical as was last year a, a, a blimp or was it is was it things to come? And while I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals will make the Super Bowl every single year, when you have a quarterback like like Joe Burrow, when you have the weapons that they have, you're going to be viable for a long time. Like Joe Burrow said, his championship window is his entire career. So congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals for a complete domination of the Bills. The Bills, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think they had the worst loss of the the week or of the weekend because it's just 
I mean, you go in as favorites. You're at home. The elements working in your favor. You have Josh Allen. You know what, though? Let's also let's let's pivot back to the Bills and let's talk about Josh Allen for a second. And how you can see. You, you know. When you talk about a breakup, right? And they say who won a breakup. I don't I don't really believe in that who won a breakup thing. I just believe two people or two entities are able to separate and be the, you know, do whatever they gotta do. But in the terms of how people say who won the breakup, right? You see, you if you wanna explain what we saw from Josh Allen this year, leading the league in interceptions, including the playoffs, I think. He's either leading the league in interceptions or tied. If you want to explain what we saw from Josh Allen, just look at Daniel Jones. Why were we touting Daniel Jones as drastically improved? A lot of people are saying it's because of Brian Dayball. Josh Allen had his best years with Brian Dayball. Now, I don't think that Josh Allen is going to regress or let me say this. I don't think Josh Allen is now a trash quarterback, but the one year he is not with with Brian Dayball anymore. He leads the league in interceptions. Which reared its ugly head in the playoffs in the divisional round. You see, I also and I and I, I I've I've been very adamant when I say this, but I was not taking heed to my own advice. I say, look how a play, look how a team looks going into the playoffs, and that's how you can kind of gauge how good they'll be. Because the last thing you want to do is go into the playoffs stumbling. Hell. Look at the look at the uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, I believe, if Lamar Jackson played, probably would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals. However, they limped into the playoffs to the point that they didn't even have Lamar Jackson. And what happened? They lost. You want to be hot going into the playoffs. You want to ride that wave. That's why the Giants were able to win what two Super Bowls with with Eli Manning because they got hot at the right time. That's why. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won back in, what, 2010. They got hot at the right time. The Buffalo Bills did not come into the playoffs hot. They've been struggling. They were struggling on defense. They were struggling offensively as far as Josh Allen seeing the field. Josh Allen has not been able to see the field too well this majority of the season, but it's looked much worse coming into the playoffs. So, like I said, I did not take heed to my own advice because I just blew past the fact that they were they've been struggling majority of the or towards the end of the year coming into the playoffs and they even struggled the first game. So I think a loss like this and a win like this means two different things for two different franchises. When you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, this is a defining win 
And now I know it's hard to say because, of course, this team just made it to the Super Bowl a year ago. But this is a defining win for a couple people, for for Zach Taylor, for Joe Burrow, because they didn't – they weren't supposed to win. How – you go into your year on the road – Elements aren't working in your favor, and you have a banged up offensive line. So shouts out to the offensive line for being for playing tremendous. But you had a banged up. You had three rookies starting out of nowhere, and they dominated the Buffalo Bills. Defining win. And for the Bills, this is. I'm not saying that people are going to get fired. I'm not people saying people should get fired. But what I'm saying is, this is the type of loss. That makes you look at the organization and say, what are we doing? I mean, you see Stefan Diggs going at it with Josh Allen uh, on the sidelines. It's it's again, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that people are going to lose their job or people should lose their job. I'm just saying that you look at this loss and, and there's no way that you even with Von Miller, I understand Von Miller was their best player honestly when he was playing because Josh Allen just even though he was great Von Miller was I'm not gonna say their best player Von Miller was probably their most important player and their most consistent player until he got hurt but there's no way that you can go into the season and think oh we're gonna stay pat like there's gonna have maybe you know Gabe Davis didn't take the jump that he was supposed to take maybe you really have to focus on the offensive or on the offensive line maybe you really have to focus on the run game because what you're doing has not been working. It's gotten you to a point. But the point that it's gotten you to is not the point that you're striving for. So congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals and damn to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Titles mean a lot. Titles mean a lot. You know, I like to (laughs) always bring relationships into it, right? Dating and in a relationship mean two completely different things. And the level of energy (laughs) means two different things or Dating doesn't require the same level of energy than relationships, being in a relationship. Girlfriend and wife are two completely different titles. You look at both things differently because they are different. One is your girlfriend. One is your boyfriend. One is your wife. One is your husband. With titles comes expectations and comes energy. You see, America's team, that is a title. The Dallas Cowboys have the title of America's team. And with that title comes expectations, a lot of which is unrealistic, but expectations. And you see... 
One of the biggest reasons why um, Dallas has the most fans in the United States as far as football, you know. And year after year after year, people expect Dallas to do something that they have not shown the ability to do because of a title. I can't expect a girlfriend to understand how to act like a wife. I can't expect a husband, I mean a boyfriend, to understand how to act like a husband until they've proven that they could do that. The problem with Dallas is they have not proven to be America's team since I've been born. So you see Stephen A. Smith go crazy. You see other people because they understand that just because you have a title doesn't mean that you've 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 garnished and warrant that title. You see, this is yet another year that Dallas not only doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, they don't even make it to the conference championship. I think the last time they made it to the conference championship was what, 1995? I was one years old. Now, you could say it's because, you know, a lot of people want to get on Mike McCarthy, and rightfully so. Mike McCarthy, I mean, <laughs> you're already struggling with kicker. You're, you're, you have a kicker situation going on, and you're, you're in your own territory, fourth and five, and you punt the ball when you have most of the momentum. A lot of people want to put it on Jerry, you know, want to put it on Jerry Jones and rightfully so. You're the one that constructed most of this roster. You're the one that saw Amari Cooper go out the door. You're the one that paid Zeke all that money. And now that's kind of blown up in your face. Well, it blew up in your face immediately. But. I'm not putting all of the decades of failure on Dak Prescott. What I am doing, however, is putting this loss on Dak Prescott. You see, kind of like Josh Allen, Dak Prescott has had problems seeing the field this year, i.e. he leads the league, or I think in the regular season, he finished, he he did something that is un. He was a first of a one of a kind. He led the league in interceptions while missing five games. That is that is a tough feat to do. So a, team, a man had a other players had five game head start and you still led the league in interceptions. And. When you look at the game against the 49ers, a lot of people thought, and a lot of people, including myself, thought that the 49ers were going to win this game this, the exact way they won the game. However, I, kinda, I, I said this before. A lot of people look at moments and, don't, and, and let those moments overshadow what we've seen. I did that with the Buffalo Bills. People did that with Josh Allen. I mean, no, with Dak Prescott. 
You see, we looked at what Dak Prescott looked like against the Buc- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and thought to themselves, oh, everything that we've seen this entire season has been rectified. Not the fact of just the game before against Washington, against a rookie quarterback, he looked inferior. Or the fact of you're playing against a team that is under 500 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a lot of people thought Dak, Dak Prescott turned the corner. No, brother. Dak Prescott had two horrible interceptions and one interception or one potential interception that should have been a pick six. And the reason why I'm putting this loss on Dak is because. And it's not all on Dak, but he if we're doing blame pie, he gets he gets a 80 percent slice. Because the defense did exactly what it was supposed to do. The defense matched the level of physicality, matched the level of intensity, matched the level of the moment that the Cincinnati, I mean, that the 49ers came with. The 49ers that have Nick Bosa, that have Fred Warner, that have the Greenlaw, that have those dogs. The, 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 Dallas Cowboys defense came to play. But we, and like we've said before, you're beholden to your quarterback, man. D, hell, CD Lamb had a good game. It's just you can when you needed to be big in the biggest moments, you weren't there. Dalton Schultz had a good game. But it's just those little things. At the end, Dalton Schultz doesn't get his his leg down. Dak Prescott those two interceptions. Tony Pollard goes out with a with a with a uh, broken fibula, so I hope he gets better. I know he had successful surgery, so shouts out to him. But now you have to go back to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have it. The offensive line was good, it just didn't work. So when we talk about titles. I'm not saying you need to take away like if, if if Dallas is America's team because it has the most fans, then call it America's team. But don't let um let don't let that title fool you. This team is nowhere close to a championship. I understand that you're 12 and four. I get that. But the Dallas Cowboys, just because they're America's team, doesn't mean that they're championship caliber. Because you have a quarterback who is touted as elite, but hasn't played elite ever. You have a head coach that has struggled with time management and clock management and situational moments. You have an owner who wants to put his hands in everything. And because of that, you see people like Amari Cooper leave. You see people like Zeke getting overpaid. You see people like Dak Prescott getting overpaid. You know another player player that's overpaid in the league right now? Kyler Murray. You know where Kyler Murray is? Probably on a Call of Duty session or something. What I'm saying is this. The 49ers were the best team. We're the best team that on on the field they were the 49ers defense was the best unit on the field however Dallas's defense was not too far behind I I don't remember who said this I think Colin Cowherd said this and it got me thinking and I think he's absolutely correct 
Dalek, Dalek. <laughs> Dak Prescott is closer to Daniel Jones than he is to Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott is closer to Kirk Cousins than he is to Joe Burrow. Dak Prescott is closer to Carson Wentz than he is to Josh Allen. Dak Prescott is closer to, let's say, Jameis Winston than he is to Lamar Jackson. You see, that American, that America's team bodes so much expectation. Expectation that wasn't earned. And that's why you see Stephen A go crazy. Because he understands. Dallas, they always find a way to lose. Always. And just so happened, I'm not talking, the last play was stupid. <laughs> but the last play, the, the last play, you know, having Zeke getting destroyed because you have him under center. Or actually, you have him as a center, pretty much. Um, I'm not gonna highlight the fact of the last play. I'm gonna highlight the fact of this is yet, this is yet another year, two years in a row where you didn't even get a solid attempt off, and you could have won. This year, of course, if they would have scored, it would have been, you know, they would have tied the game and probably went to overtime. Last year, they would have won. But you don't even get an attempt off. That's coaching. This year, the defense plays exceptional. They had they they kind of dipped in the regular season, but they played exceptional. And Dak Prescott doesn't meet doesn't match meet the moment. But I ask, in the playoffs at least, when has Dak Prescott ever met the moment? You realize. Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy have the same amount of career playoff wins. Brock Purdy is a rookie and now has the same exact amount of playoff or actually has more playoff wins than Dak Prescott. And will play in more Dak Brock Purdy has played in more conference championships than the Dallas Cowboys have played since 1995, I think. Again, I'm not saying you got to stop calling Dallas America's team. I'm not saying that at all. You do what you want to do. But let's let's have realistic expectations about this team. This team it's kind of like um how the Green Bay Packers have been these last few years. Great in the regular season, overachieve in the regular season. But once the games really matter, they do what? And on the 49ers side, I am looking at one of the best teams I have ever seen. Period. I will say this. And, and, this was what I said going into the year. Now, of course, it was with it was under a different quarterback. But I said that this team is going to go as far as their quarterback. Now, the 49ers are a tad bit different in 
You can lean on the run game with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. You can lean on the pass game with Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. You can lean on this ferocious defense. Again, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Greenlaw, Ward. But there were a couple times in the Dallas game where Brock Purdy could have and should have been picked off. I know, uh, what's his name, Trayvon Diggs dropped a, dropped an easy interception. There was just a couple times where he should have been intercepted. That's the same thing that happened against the Seahawks. Which is also funny that I brought up the Seahawks. Because if you look at Geno Smith compared to Dak Prescott, Geno Smith looked drastic, even though, of course, the 49ers lost or beat the hell out of the Seahawks. Geno Smith played a lot better than Dak Prescott did against this 49ers team. But this is this the 49ers are one of the best teams I've ever seen. One of the one of the most stacked teams I've ever seen. Kind of rivaling another team that we're going to talk about in a second, but this is one of the most stacked teams I've ever seen. One of the most physical teams I've ever seen, not the most, but one of the most physical teams I've ever seen. And it's like when you have an entire team that adopts the physicality in which you want to bring game after game, that you get the 49ers. So there will be a game. I don't know if it's – in fact, I think that game is probably going to be in the NFC Championship where Brock Purdy is going to have to make some plays. Now, he has made plays. He's made some beautiful plays. But – Playing against the Eagles is a different animal than playing against the Seahawks and playing against Dallas. A fully healthy Eagles team, by the way. I'm not saying that they can't win. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I wouldn't be surprised they win. I'll give my predictions on the championship games on Saturday. But, uh, yeah. Let's move forward. Um, the biggest story coming out of, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and Jacksonville Jaguars game is, of course, the health of Patrick Mahomes. Um, shouts out to the Jaguars for making it this far. Uh, nobody thought that. I mean, they were the first team in the NBA or in NFL history to have the worst record the year before and then win a playoff game the next year. Uh, Shouts out to Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. I still think that they're a rebuilding team, but not in the sense of rebuilding as, you know, they need to, they're just at the bottom of the totem pole. I think that the the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they keep the same same formula, same recipe, are going to be good for years to come. You have the quarterback. You have the coach. They need to get the offensive line straight. They need to get the secondary good. Once they're able to do that, this team is 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 you have the you have the running back and Travis Etienne. You're going to be good. Christian Kirk is a good quarter or wide receiver. Maybe get another. No, I think I think it's just the offensive line, and the secondary. But I think everything else is good. But the storyline coming out of this game is Patrick Mahomes. And how, of course, we saw early in the game he had a high ankle sprain. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I have had a high ankle sprain before. 
when I was in college playing basketball. And I understand that that is a four to six week thing. So with Patrick Mahomes coming back in eight days, I don't know how that's going to happen. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, I think, first of all, shouts out to the Chance City Chiefs for making it to their fifth consecutive uh, AFC championship. I think one of the biggest reasons why I say that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league is because of things like not only did he beat the chart or beat the Jaguars with on one leg pretty much, but it's the fact of you lose Tyreek Hill. Now, I understand you have George Kittle or you have Travis Kelsey, but you lose George Kittle. Oh, you lose. Why do I keep saying George Kittle? You lose Tyreek Hill. You get a player in Juju Smith-Schuster that the Steelers didn't even want him anymore. You get a player in Marquez Valdez-Scanling who the Green Bay Packers didn't even want anymore. A Green Bay Packers team that was kind of the void of wide receivers this year. And of course you have a rookie running back. Two rookie running backs, I think. And this offense looked looks unstoppable. When they're all when when they're cl- clicking on all cylinders. Unstoppable. And that is because the head of the snake, which is Patrick Mahomes, and of course, Andy Reid. Now, again, I'll give my predictions uh, of the AFC Championship on Saturday, but I will give a brief peek into my thought process. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals, they're nothing to play with. As, of course, we've seen against the Ravens, against the Bills, and actually what we've seen the last three times against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, yes, I understand that they're 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs recently. However, things that aren't being told is Kansas City Chiefs going into the fourth quarter had a lead in all of those games. The problem is... I respect Joe Burrow enough to understand that you have to be fully healthy to go against a Joe Burrow, which Patrick Mahomes is not. And this Cincinnati Bengals defense is good. That's all I'll say on that. I'll give I'll give more insight, uh, of course, on Saturday, but uh Kansas City Chiefs are are the be- to me they're the best team remaining. It, let me not say that. They're mm, that Patrick Mahomes injury is big, and of course we'll have to see what he looks like. So, and I don't want to spend uh, much time on this Eagles Giants game. Uh. I think the giant the Giants just gave up. They quit. Now I'm not saying it as as disrespectful, but you ever 
here goes my analogy. You ever hoopers, right? Boom. You remember what the league the league kind of went crazy when uh Katie went to go Golden State? And how there was a good sense of yeah, there's there's they're just the best team, clearly. And a lot of nights they would blow teams out and they didn't even play the fourth quarter because just the talent discrepancy is just that big. That's what we saw against the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Giants. The talent discrepancy was huge. I mean, you look at the ta- you look at the rosters, right? Outside of what? Saquon Barkley, outside of Dexter Lawrence. Who on this who on the Giants team is going to start for the Eagles? Outside of Dexter Lawrence and Saquon Barkley. Like who's going to start over AJ Brown? Who's going to start over Devontae Smith? Who's going to start over Dallas Goddard? Who's going to start over uh Lane Johnson? Who's going to start over Jason Kelsey? Who's going to start over uh Darius Slay? Who's going to start over Jalen Hurts? You saw two teams that are completely different, are, are are on a completely different level. Again, I understand that, you know, the Giants were in the divisional playoffs, and I understand they beat the, the, the Vikings. And I also understand that Daniel Jones had a good outing against the Vikings. I even said he was the MVP of the wild card. But... He was also playing against the Vikings defense, which is one of the worst, if not the worst defense in football remaining. Because you saw what Daniel Jones looked like against a, a real defense. I said that the, the, the 49ers is probably the most complete team remaining or the best team remaining in the playoffs. The Eagles rival that. And the Eagles might be the best team now yes i understand that any given sunday i understand that the chiefs could win i understand that the the bills or Bengals could win i understand that they could the 49ers could beat them but from top to bottom this team is probably like the 49ers one of the best teams i have ever seen this team is drastically better than what the 2017 18 uh eagles team that won the championship or was it 19 one game one of them two Jalen Hurts, there's a reason. There's a reason why for everyone calling him a system quarterback, there's a reason why this team looks drastically different with Gardner Minshew than it does does with Jalen Hurts. Shouts out to Nick Soriani. I was drastically wrong about Nick Soriani too. Nick Soriani as well. This Eagles team, again, you don't need to talk much about this. The, the game. I mean, they won 38 to 7. This was complete domination. And that doesn't take away from anything that the Giants have done this year. Again, shouts out to Brian Dayball. More than likely, he's going to win coach of the year. Daniel Jones had a good season, but is a lot of that because of, because we kind of saw the old Daniel Jones minus the interceptions. We kind of saw the old Daniel Jones rear his head uh, against the Eagles. So, I'm not taking away from what he did in the regular season, but the old we saw the old Daniel Jones. Um, 
And again, this was a complete mismatch. The only reason why I gave the Bills probably the worst loss, even though the, the Giants lost worse, or even though the score didn't reflect that, is because you go you went into if you were if you were being, you know, unbiased or you were being being realistic. You went into the Bills game thinking that the Bills should have won this game or should have won the game going into the game. You think that while yes, there's a lot it, it was it was evenly matched talent-wise, it was just things were kind of going into the Bills favor. When you look at this Eagles Giants game, this was a complete mismatch and nobody should have thought like people shouldn't have thought that the Giants had a chance. I understand the statistic that no team has lost to one team three times in one season. I get that. But look at every single time the Eagles have played the Giants. It's been a a route every time. And the playoffs is just another, just another, um, (laughs) just another check on that box. So yeah, the 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 Giants. I went into that game. It was quick too, kind of like the Bills. It was quick. Like I saw almost instantly. Oh yeah, the Giants is over with. Giants have absolutely no shot. Jason Kelsey is dominating. Lane, that offensive line is dominating. They have the the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. The, the Giants had absolutely no shot. Daniel Jones could have played his best game, which his best game probably was against the Eagles. I mean, no, probably was against the Vikings a week ago. He could have duplicated that, and they still would have lost badly. Saquon Barkley was, was they, they neutralized him. He did his best, of course, but they neutralized him. So, yeah, I think the Bills had the worst loss, even though, of course, Tally wise and score wise, you would say it's the Eagles and Giants, but there was I had absolutely no faith in the Giants. So uh that was, you know, what we saw in the divisional round. I will give my predictions of the 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 divi- or conference championships on Saturday. And uh yeah, let me know what you guys saw in those in those um in those playoff games. So Let's move forward. So, I don't know if if you know you've you've seen or anything, but John Wall shouts out to I don't remember the podcast. I know Theo Pinson's on it, uh, but shouts out to John Wall. He did an, uh, a very candid interview with Theo Pinson and somebody else. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, and I sorry I completely forgot the podcast uh, title. But it was a really good interview with John Wall. And John Wall talked about everything from the Wizards to Kentucky to McDonald's All-American. Um, but John Wall highlighted something that I want to talk about. And that was his time in Houston. Uh, and how it was probably, it was terrible. He, he. He 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 under 
he was pretty much thrust into the veteran role. Veteran role. Uh, and he was better, or he felt that he was better than a lot of people that he was tr- supposed to mentor. And you're kind of seeing that with Eric Gordon. I mean, Eric Gordon has been desperately crying to get out of Houston because he does not want to play the veteran role. Now, let me let me both sides. I understand both sides of the equation and both sides can be right on one thing. They can be different, but they both can be right. You see, the, 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 the job of a veteran is less on the court than more, and more off the court. The job of a veteran is to guide the young players and, and guide them in a way to, to teach them how to be a, how to be a, a outstanding citizen, how to be a, uh, an NBA player, how to navigate being a professional basketball player. That's the, the the job of the veteran. You, their play isn't as important as you would think it is at that point. What we're seeing is John Wall and Eric Gordon. We're seeing two cases of they have not accepted that role. You see, it's easy to accept if you're a star like Steph Curry accepting the star role is easy because he's Steph LeBron James accepting the star role is is LeBron James I mean it's, it's it's easy but what happens when you're someone like Vince Carter and you now have to play the veteran role or Allen Iverson we saw Allen Iverson struggled mightily with being the veteran. We saw him struggle being the veteran when he went to Denver. We saw him struggle being the veteran when he went back to Philly. We saw him struggle being the veteran when he went to Memphis, when he went to Detroit. You have to accept being a veteran. And, and and trust me, veterans are important. We saw Jalen Rose talk about this. We saw Kendrick Perkins talk about this. John Wall was unwilling to accept the role of being a veteran for the Houston Rockets because he felt he was he still had had basketball life to go. He still felt he was better than a lot of players that he expected to mentor. That's kind of what you're seeing with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon or Eric Gordon doesn't think he's the best player, but he does think that he still has enough juice in his game that he can help a team win. You see, the Houston Rockets is like the youngest team in the league by far. And they have some talent. I mean, Jalen Green just had a 42-point game the other day. Uh, Kevin Porter has completely reinvented reinvented himself. But they still, because they're young, they don't know how to win. Sangoon is is great. 
So I understand what, what you're seeing. You're, a lot of times you don't have a an option. Like you just you're just a veteran. I mean, you're seeing that with Kevin Love. He's doing it really good in uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But a lot of times what you're seeing with Aaron, with John Wall and Aaron Gordon is they're they're not accepting that role. And, and it's OK. It's OK. But but teams have to understand, like, sometimes people don't want to be vets or they're not ready to be vets, as we're seeing with the Houston Rockets and Eric Gordon and John Wall. And now John Wall, of course, is with the Clippers. You see, if, you, if you've been in the league long enough, you're going to – there's going to be a time where – if Steph plays long enough, he will turn into the vet. He's a vet now, but turn into a vet as far as your your services are are more needed to mentor someone like a Jordan Poole, mentor someone like a Dante DiVincenzo or whoever they get in the draft. Instead of we're not expecting you and, and you can't really be the MVP Steph again. There's going to be a time of course, there's a while from now, but there's going to be a time where the Giannis is the same way. And every single basketball player, if they have longevity in the league, is going to have that that reality. And now, yes, there are some vets like Steph, like Draymond, like like Clay, like like uh, KD and, and, and stuff like that, where you're vets, but you're still at the top of your game, minus Clay, probably. But that's due to injury. But there is a time, as we're seeing, or as we saw with Houston, that sometimes yeah, there's times where they just don't need that and don't want that. And, you know, you know, <laughs> you, 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 what you're seeing, and, and, and again, we saw, we've seen a couple people talk about this, is you're just seeing two players not accept that role, which happens. So, and lastly, before we go, Rui Hachimura was traded from Washington to the Lakers, and the Lakers gave back what Kendrick Nunn in like two second round picks or something. I understand the trade. On both sides. I understand the trade on the Wizards' side. I mean, you had a log jam at Ford. Uh, like, you had Kyle Kuzma getting most of the minutes. Rui Hachimura had a tough time seeing the floor. You still have Danny Avdia, um, KCP. Of course, you have Bradley Bill. Like, I, I get that. And you just had a log jam at that position. And, you know, somebody had to go. And, and Kyle Kuzma has been playing really well. And I also understand, you know, the Lakers side of it. You get a young player in Rui. Uh, he is like a knockdown corner three-point shooter, which they desperately need. Uh, you need a, you get a younger player that likes and, and actually plays defense. Rui is actually pretty good at defense. He's 6'9". He, he has a, a, a great body, great frame. Balls. Um, 
So I understand it. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, you're already seeing that they're, or you're already seeing reports that they're trying to sign or they're, they're in talks with signing a, uh, a long-term extension with with Rui as far as the Lakers are. But this, this, I think this is, uh, I'm talking more to the Lake Wizards. I understand, like, you, there's no real championship aspiration right now. You're not, they're nowhere close to being a championship team. But why does it feel like almost every single time there is a trade with the Wizards? Maybe except one, that the Wizards are on the losing side. The one exception is probably uh, Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Davis Bordans, 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 Bertans. But it's just, am I the only one that's seen Kendrick Nunn play this year? I understand that you need a point guard, you know, Monte Morris or... Morris hasn't really been he's been okay, but he is, you know. So I understand you need a point guard, but Kendrick Nunn has not been good. Now it could be, you know, the bright lights of LA playing alongside LeBron James. You're now in a new role. You're more of a catch and shoot type role, more than a you know, the ball's not in your hand as much. But so maybe Kendrick Nunn will be better for the Wizards, but he has not been good. The Wizards still struggle. They shoot a lot of threes. They don't make a lot of threes. And Kendrick Nunn is the last person you can expect to be making threes. In fact, you traded away one of your best three-point shooters. I understand like last year he was like 42, 45%, something like that. And this year he's kind of dropped down to 36. But he's also not playing that much. Or he wasn't playing that much. And that is Ruby Hachimura. I just, man, I just, one time, can we win a trade just one time? Except, you know, of course, uh, we did win the whole, in fact, now I'm really thinking about it, we kind of won two trades, because we got the Kyle Kuzma trade, and we got the KCP trade, but, you know, (laughs) I can't forget I think that this is good for 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 I understand it for both teams. I think it's better for the Wizards because you have a or for the Lakers because you have a player in Rui that can be a, a a very important piece moving forward. I don't know if it's if it's bringing you any closer to a championship. I think that the championship. Let me say this. I think the playoffs. Uh, their aspirations really are on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, if Le- mostly Anthony Davis, not saying LeBron James is, is isn't better than Anthony Davis, but LeBron James getting older, LeBron James, as we're seeing, you can't really carry a team anymore like that. Um, because I mean, he's what 38. So I think at least the playoffs and we've seen Anthony Davis. Now, of course, he's injured right now, but he's supposed to be coming back. We've seen Anthony Davis play at an exceptional level. Uh, earlier this season. In fact, I have a video clip talking about how how much Anthony Davis was hooping. So I do think that this is going to help the Lakers huge. You know, like you have now, and they've been struggling mightily on corner threes, and that's where Rui has kind of shined on, shined with. 
uh, and defensively, they they have trouble stopping people if Anthony Davis is not on the floor, if LeBron James is not on the floor. Now you can have Rui probably guard their best wing uh, or their best three, four guy um, because he's a good defender. But again, man, like the Wizards, I guess you get off Rui, you get two draft picks and Kendrick Nunn, you maybe buy him out. I don't know. Or he could be a, 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 a good rotation player. Hell, I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, If you want to pop the podcast hurt, sure. <laughs> Let's run that one back, brother. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. It just snowed where I'm at. So if you don't got a hoodie, get you one because it's still cold outside i know people saying it's about to be february last time i checked it's still cold in february get your hoodies just get get your unpopular podcast merch get your sweaters also please subscribe to every listening please subscribe to every watching it definitely means a lot to me uh i appreciate all the support that i'm getting i appreciate all the people that you know continue to help and continue to be there so I appreciate you guys. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. I can I, I see, you know, slowly but surely the the subscri- the subscribers are growing on YouTube, which I completely, you know, I, I appreciate. I can't do it without you guys' help. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Definitely mean a lot. Uh, if you're not subscribed to, or if you're not following me on Instagram, the unpopular, all the description stuff down low. Uh, you get you see a lot of content on on Instagram as well. So. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Same guys trying to get in my way Keep the same vibe, you can roll in my dick Oh, my voice is a mystery Ride the wave of my history I've been distant to keep my distance Goodbye to a boring life I like to seek, but I'm never inside Even though my time's all right I like to care, but it never reach fight Swinging my ways like it never did say and then I roll like I really get back and you can't believe what you heard about me. It's the magic for me, they keep trying to reach me, yeah, yeah. It's the magic for me, I make them weak till they run insane. So get me late on a weekday, I'm on the way, I'm a ways on a display. And I'ma shut them all down on a D-Day, this is my time, so put me on a replay.
really want rescue Even though, bro, I can let you go But I really want sure that you really contest me Even on the days when they try to arrest me But you live a lie, there's no way you can get me Piss them off, they lock me up in a celly Then they shock them when they see me on the telly You know, I'm a vibe and I run it as usual I the only come around just to make it And I can shake things, but I break it You name it, boy, who I won't care for the things that you do I could turn, let everyone try me Cause you're never gonna get what's for me yeah. 